3: Welcome in to the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Use code DNVR to sign up for a new account to get amazing odds boost every single day. Ruto, Jesse, AJ, coming at you. Don't get your hopes up too much about (laughs) trade bait talk today, all right? It's going to come. Keep your eyes peeled once uh once the All-Star break gets here. We're going to, like, maybe dip a pinky toe in. But this is mostly going to be a show taking a look at where the ABS stand right now and what realistic expectations can be for this hockey team. Um, at the point we were making before the show. Two weeks ago, Olive Chat was begging us to talk about goaltenders. Now?
2: Yeah. So, I want to start here. Because... Before we even decided to have this, this just decided to do the show, I said January 13th. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's January 25th. So, January 13th, not even two full weeks ago, this conversation would have started with goaltender, 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 right? And that's where everybody would have been wanting uh, to yeah. talk about. Mm-hmm. January 25th. They have three shutouts in six games both goalies looked dope everybody's feeling good losing isn't the thing that any of us understand anymore. Time is completely made up It's just how it is yep
1: yeah and and it's a great point of you guys making that was that's what we want to do with this show. so if you're expecting us to get into like oh this is you know this is our trade bait list. What we want to do is we want to set real estate expectations because on the 13th, we were all kind of laughing because that's where everyone would have wanted us to start. And even on January 13th, we would have come out on this show and been like, they're not trading for a goalie. If both yeah. guys are healthy, they're not doing it. So, yeah, we thought it'd be fun to uh, set some expectations, understand where the abs are at, what's realistic for them and what isn't. Um, yeah. Uh,
2: keep in mind that there are 22 games that the Avs have yet to play between today and the deadline.
1: Yeah. This conversation is going to change 50 times between now and then.
2: What's funny (laughs) is the 50th time might bring it right back to where we are right now
1: today. Yeah. And then, and then the, the other thing to consider too, is, you know, there was going to be an Olympic break you maybe would have seen some movement and stuff before then, but moves that other teams make will change this conversation, not just the abs. Um, but but I, think, I think now we're at a good point. It's snowy and fucking gross outside. So why not uh, just kick back with some trade talk, right?
3: All right. Well, let's, let's start with the boring stuff. As of right now, the abs expected deadline cap space is about 750K.
2: Subject to change.
3: Subject to change.
2: It's two guys on LTIR that'll probably be off of LTIR before the
3: deadline. So that's even less space, <laughs> is my point. The yeah. Avs cannot just go out and get Patrick Kane full dollar value and throw him on the lineup and be good to go. It's, it's not realistic. They're gonna have to do some salary cap management if they're getting a significant trade piece coming in. So what are what are realistic avenues to the Avs freeing up some cap space? Let's start there.
1: Well, so um, I was uh Oh
0: sorry, here, do you want to
2: start here, here we go? Everybody everybody's immediately it's it's a immediately we just smashed our virtual vehicles into each other trying to get to JT Comfort first. <laughs>
1: Well, I, I, what I was going to say was I, I was looking at it last night and realistically, when you look at this abs roster, there's four, maybe five names of guys that you can find that you would say, I think they'd be comfortable losing them. And then that number gets even smaller when you talk about legitimate money moving out to make any type of room for someone coming back in. And yes, it's JT Comfort, but there is one other name that is super interesting because you probably have to do a little bit of selling. uh, And, and you'd have to also make it clear like, Hey, we need to include this guy to make the money work. But the other name that's interesting is Ryan Murray. It's a $2 million cap hit. um, Who's not a regular part of your rotation right now that if you can find a way to move that out as part of a package, as part of a, a sweetener, uh, that is another name similar to JT Confer that moves out a decent chunk of money.
2: Well, and where Ryan Murray is interesting is that there's no money beyond this year. So if they get, you know, and this is purely as a... Dump the money. The you have to yeah. move money out in order to take money in. Um, so Ryan Murray would only be... You know, you're talking Ryan Murray would just be like, hey, he can serve as, uh, 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 say, you know, this is a Philly or a Dallas. Mm -hmm. He can serve as kind of, you know, in Dallas, he would be the young man on that blue line. But (laughs) he could uh, he comes in and they just say, Okay, well, how does this guy fit in the last 20 games? Maybe he wants to come back and we like what we saw and he has a role with us and blah, blah, blah. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's like we're good. And $2 million, I mean, it's, it, it, it helps, right? Cause you're going to have to, it's going to have to be anything, anything you can. So, yeah. Um, where Murray, where Murray has his advantage in this conversation is that he's an expiring deal. Yeah. So a team isn't committing to something. Where JT Comfort and Tyson Jost are going to be at a disadvantage here is that they're obviously signed. Uh, Now, Jost isn't RFA at the end of his deal, so he would be more intriguing there. But you're also talking about you're getting a pretty hard-capped fourth-line guy uh, who's, granted, he's still only 23 years old, which is insane to think about. Yeah. That he's only 23, turns 24 um, in March. I think it's in March. I don't know. Yeah, March 14th. It's right in front of me. So, March 14th. So, he turns 24. But he he's still signed, like, for for next year. So, if they get him in there and it just doesn't work or whatever, like, they're committed to him. So, JT Confer, same thing. Now, Confer's already 26. Uh, he turns 27 later this year. And is a UFA at the end of that
3: deal. Yep. Yep. It's... It, and part of this conversation is, certainly, if you're talking about teams that are in a rebuilding phase, I'll put it that way, it, there is going to be a little bit more value to a player like JT Comfer for them, yeah. right? Where you're you're talking about a guy who's going to be a regular in their lineup, and is he worth three and a half million dollars? Maybe not, but but someone that they can use every night.
1: Well, and, and we just talked about that. I believe it was on a show uh, last week where, you know, as fans talk a lot about Tyson Jost and JT confer and, oh, they're not good enough and whatever, but on, on almost any other team, JT confer is getting a solid, you know, to your point, even any of these teams that we are going to be talking about, you know, Philly, Dallas, you, you're, you're speaking under the assumption of they're out of the playoff race. Right. And they are entering into a bit of a phase where they're rebuilding. Your eyes are awfully wide. What are you?
2: You don't want to know. Just let it go. Okay.
1: okay. All right. Um, <laughs> um, and, and so, no, I think that's a great point, Rudo. You're not th- – these p- players that we're talking about right here that are part of the cap, these aren't the centerpieces of this deal. But a team like Philly, a team like Dallas who is looking to rebuild – or, well, you know, maybe know. kind of re-step. We don't know
2: that Dallas is looking to rebuild right. yet. Right. Like, well, well Dallas, I don't want to get it. Dallas has to make that decision first.
1: Right. right. And, and, and like I said, I guess that, that's where I should say. this. These conversations right now are under the assumption that these teams are willing to sell off players because they consider themselves out of it, whatever. Um, JT Comfort is a totally serviceable third-line player for, for most teams. You'd probably even find a couple teams that, that would try him at, at second- Um, you know, on on the second line, but I mean, you could find some teams that would do it.
2: I mean, they're like depending on where where he would fit that, like, like, certainly the selling point of him to another team is look, we've just been a little too deep the last couple of years. Um, he's a middle six guy. I mean, he was a middle six guy for us, yep, before we started getting a lot of good
1: players, right. (laughs) Yeah. So, so, you know, you you can, you can make that, that sell. Um, I think there will be plenty of, there would be plenty of teams that if you're getting, you know, centerpieces, which we're going to get to, you know, high picks, high round picks, you know, high end prospects. Yeah. You'll take JT confer as a roster player to make, to make a deal work that, that makes you, you know, helps your team in the immediate to some extent um, while you're waiting on picks and prospects that you're getting back in these deals. So these aren't the centerpieces, but these are the pieces that are going to make, some of these deals work, you know, there's people in the chat talking about, Oh, well, the abs don't have any salary cap space. Right. That's, that's, that's what we're talking we're... about here. Yeah.
2: <laughs> cause uh, otherwise the abs don't want to touch their NHL roster. They want to add to it. Right. Because right. any guy that they take off the roster is a guy that they have to replace. Yeah. Now, if you're just, just cause we're kind of in this room, if you're trading for Claude drew, cause we're talking about talking about Philly here. Uh, they tr- they trade for Claude Giroux and JT Confer in that package. Well, Claude Giroux replaces JT Confer in the lineup, but yeah. then it's anybody beyond that, right? Yeah. Like there's dudes beyond that that you have to. Okay, if you get rid of Tyson Jost, now you need a fourth line guy, right? You know, like well, which 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 fourth line guy or which guy do you push down? You know that and, and, that can take that job that fills his role right. and that does his thing and. So you have to keep that part of it in mind as well, that like, yes, Claude Drew would come in and do X, Y, and Z, but you still need a guy to do the A, B, and C that the guy who left was was doing. Right, you have a guy it. to fill that role. So, you know, I mean, obviously that's an upgrade. Like like going yeah. from JT Confer or Tyson Joe's to a Claude Drew, like you got a lot better and you got a, a high-end impact player who helps you in so many ways. And we'll, we'll get there. Right. But you have to keep that in mind. And the only real reason that we're even having this conversation is because the ads have to move money. Yep. Right. To That's bring in it. Anything of note, money has they, to go out. Yeah. Any money that comes in, money has to go out to try and help it. And we're talking about a guy like Drew. It's $8 million.
3: Even
0: He's got
2: a lot of work to yeah. do
3: even at full retention, you still need to move money to make room for him. For the Exactly. Guys. There's well, a and, lot of
2: work to do in order to, yeah. in order to get there.
1: And, and I don't know if we want to get into this now, or if we maybe want to save this talk talking point for maybe another show or, or later in the show, but um, I, I don't think it's out of the question that there's going to be teams like Seattle and Arizona that are going to be saying, Hey, we'll, we'll take some of that salary for yeah, a pick. We'll take some of that salary
2: for a prospect. Jump a million dollars on us for a third rounder.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. Um, so that's something that I think the ads are going to be very interested in doing. Um, and, and, you know, if, if you are Philly, uh, or, you know, some of these teams that we're going to get into, if, if you are staring down, letting a Claude Giroux test free agency for nothing, you'll be happy to retain. Cause he's a UFA after this year, that retention doesn't really hurt. Hurt any of those teams, so if they're getting the best package, um, from you know from the ABS in terms of what they're getting back, I don't think you're going to see many teams do what Buffalo did with the Jack Eichel thing, where they had their feelings hurt, so they were unwilling to retain, um, you know, in in these situations. So, um, I I think it's I think the ABS are going to be really interesting. Um, I I think they're Right now at a point, obviously it's different in the salary cap era. You can't be as all in every year as um, Pierre Lacroix was um, (laughs) every year for the abs. But I I do, man, I I think they're looking at this and saying we've only got one more year of McKinnon on the cheap deal. We don't have any goalie signed for next year. I I think they are looking at this um, season as we are going to make any move we need to, um, and, and we're going to get into picks and prospects here in the next uh, period. But uh, I, I don't, I, I don't, I, I just don't think that they are very married to anything they've got internally right now. If there's a way they can make their NHL team better and give themselves a, a better chance at bringing home a Stanley cup this year, I think they're going to take a real serious look at it. All right. Yeah.
2: It's, there's just a lot of work to do. Uh, yep. And that's oh, yeah. like, as we start to like slowly work our way into deadline conversations on off day pods, yeah. It's it's just a it's just a reality that we're going to continue to talk about. Um, it, It's 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 hard to make these deals. Yep. Look at look at previous deadlines. It's it's hard to make a meaningful improvement. Yep. They're Joe Sackick's best deadline deal to date is freaking Vlad Domestikov. <laughs> yep. Right. So and it's not even close like. Pretty much none of the others really worked out, I guess, unless you want to go all the way back to Sean Mathias and Mikhail Bonker
1: Just about to say, Sean Mathias, I feel like was good here.
2: Yeah, and what's weird is both of those guys were out of the league like
3: within a couple years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Well, I can guarantee you, Chad, that nothing wants to make aj drink more than talking about trade deadline rumors two months before the deadline so go get yourself a breckenridge brewery and get so yourself true. an avalanche right now to to fit the theme of the avalanche trade deadline it works out great they have a bunch of amazing flavors you can get at your local liquor store using the breck beer locator on the line also be sure to check out their good company hard seltzers if you're more of a seltzer person Those things genuinely taste like candy. It's kind of unfair that those are alcoholic drinks, but they work. That's for sure. So hit up Breckbrew. Get your favorite drinks. And then if you're looking for a house like I'm starting to do, be sure to hit up Chevalier Mortgage. Both Mike and Virginia have been in the business here in Colorado for a very, very long time. So they know the ins and outs of everything you need. When you're trying to get set up with a home loan, Mike is a certified financial planner. So he will look at your entire financial picture and get you the light, the right home loan, not just to buy your house, but for you and your foreseeable future. It's a really awesome thing. I've been talking with them a little bit as of late as we start our process, and they're super responsive, super friendly to just give you whatever you might need. So head over to DNBrmortgage.com and you can get a free consultation from them as well as your chance to win some free DNBR merch. You can also call Virginia directly at 303-257-6578. Michael Chevalier, NMLS1931006. Virginia Chevalier, NMLS1910631. Also, come on down to the DNVR bar. This Saturday, we've got the Goaties going on from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. We're going to play a bunch of fun games. We're going to announce the awards. You can vote right now for Newcomer of the Year. P.S. Vote for Devon Taves. There's no argument for anyone but Devon Taves in that vote. So go make sure he wins, and then come hang out, have some breakfasts with us down at the bar on Saturday when we have a ton of fun and and see that the Avs win all of the awards. Should be good. Should be a good time. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Oh, Ali, yeah, look at that. Taves is in the lead, but that's pretty tight. Aaron Gordon shouldn't be that close. All right.
0: Yeah.
2: Pat Sertan, every one of you that voted for Pat Sertan, not allowed to vote ever again for anyone, <laughs> ever. Your decision-making privileges as an adult are revoked.
1: Out. You're out.
3: There you go. This was a test and you failed.
1: We don't make the rules.
3: <laughs> yeah, it's just, that's what they are. Sorry. Just what it is. And I say that as a huge Pat Sertan fan. <laughs> I love him. There but we go. Thank give you. Give me a break. Um, all right. Second period, uh, Jesse, you were kind of alluding to it. One of the big problems that stand in front of the abs heading towards this trade deadline. They don't have a first. They don't have a second in the 2022 draft. So, but, but, but,
2: but. They but, have
3: first round picks in 2023 and 2024. Just go full nuggets and trade a 2028 second. It'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. That's
1: always my favorite thing with junior hockey They're like yeah, they've traded say. their twenty thirty two second round pick. It's like what The yeah. Fires have
3: traded a three year old yeah when, right, right, you
2: right. Can, when you consider that they are junior players, the age of those guys, you're like that kid is legit four years old right now, whoever they take with that pick
1: <laughs> well and and that's and it's also like <laughs> such like toxic credit card habits like oh yeah, if I don't have to pay for this for another ten years, I can spend it right now, just bad habits. <laughs>
3: That's future meat's problem. You know right? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> there's no way I'll still be the GM by the time that we have to make good on that. So who gives yeah. a fuck? That is exactly how
2: Jim Rutherford was the GM his entire Penguins tenure. <laughs>
1: <laughs> there's
2: no way this will be my problem. <laughs> he just, he, like he, every time that he was walking down the street and he saw a can, he didn't know why, but instinctively he just kicked it down the road.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
3: When it's uh, ingrained that deep, I guess. Uh... Yeah.
2: You just can't help it. Just wandering down the street. There's a can. Oh, got to kick that thing. Yeah. Just lived his whole life that way. GM'd his whole GM tenure in in Pittsburgh. Exactly like that. And look (laughs) at him. They're still contending. Those guys are deep into their 30s. And they're still rolling.
3: Yep. So, so they don't have a first and second in this year. Yes, they do have future picks, but obviously most teams that are selling at the deadline want the more immediate return, which of course is going to lead us to the conversation of avalanche prospects on the block. Uh, <clears throat> let's start with things that are completely off limits for the ads. Yeah.
2: I am super curious about this players, the um, players that you guys feel like, and again, this is just going to be in our, in our opinion. Yeah. Um, but Players that you guys feel like, no, like, even unless, unless an unrealistic conversation that will not be happening, like Edmonton calls about Leon Dreisleidel or something. Yeah. If you're, you're you're, you're not, you give up everything. You don't care. Right. Right. Like, (laughs) you're not, you're not having this conversation about this player in any kind of a realistic scenario. Right. So, yeah.
1: For, for me, I don't know if the Avs, have any prospects that you would consider like untouchable in a situation like what you just laid out. Like, I think that, you know, there's no Kale McCars coming up anymore. Um
2: Well, obviously. I'm not touching Bowen Byram.
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, and oh, I'm I don't not, consider him a
2: prospect. And I'm anymore. not touching Alex Newhook. Yeah.
1: Don't. yeah. So no, not see, both those guys. I consider roster lineup.
3: players. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed.
1: Yeah. And, and, and moving, moving on from either of those guys doesn't give you, any you know, relief where it's like, oh well yeah, you move on from Byram, but oh that frees up seven million in cap face. Like, no, I, I don't mm. consider those guys as part of the prospect pool anymore. Those are nope. roster players to me, which I don't I don't right. think they would want to take off. Um,
2: my my only other don't even bother asking me about it is Eustace Annadon. Yeah, I agree.
1: Um
2: Just don't do it. Just don't pick. Just don't, don't, don't take. We don't need to take the thirty seconds out of this phone call. Don't. um, Nope. I'm not trading Eustace Anandin for any of these guys.
3: There's a non-zero chance that on July 1st, for seven minutes until they sign another goaltender, that Eustace Anandin is the best goaltender on the team. Right. He's going (laughs) to be the only goaltender under contract uh, uh, up until (laughs) they make a
2: decision. It's going (laughs) to be him him and Trent Minor.
1: Him being their only real, like legitimate NHL potential goaltender prospect definitely puts him on a little bit of like a questionable list for me, but obviously, and this is why you don't like having these conversations this far in advance, but like, obviously it all just depends on on the package. If someone wants him as their centerpiece, then it's like, oh shit. Well, we can hold on to all these other prospects and, you know, next year's first round pick and stuff. Cause they just love you to And I don't know, but um, for, for me, it's, you have to pick one of your defensive prospects, Hellison or Baron, whichever one you feel better about. Um, and that's kind of what you say is you're untouchable. Other than that, I, I don't know if there's anyone in that prospect pool that I'm saying, again, if you're talking about like Claude Giroux, I don't know if there's anyone that, that I'm saying, no, I, I'm, I'm not even, you know, Sampo Ranta is, I think he's in the mix. Lawson, I think he's in the mix. Obviously Shane Bowers has lost a lot of his kind of trade value in the last year, year and a half. Um, I, I'm fine putting Anon in into that conversation, but otherwise I think it's, it's Barron or, or Hellison. You you decide which one you like better you take that guy I, off the table, and then the other one.
3: I will say, if anyone's calling about the defensive prospects, I would be like, "Hey, look at Sean Barons." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. look at Sean Barons.
2: I would start if somebody who really wants a defender. I would start with Sean Barons, and it's entirely about his path to a job in Colorado. Right now is yep. tough, yeah, because yep. you've got four pretty entrenched guys between Taves, uh, Taves, Gerard, McCarr. Byram. And then you do have Baron and Hellison just chilling. Yeah. So you're kind of like.
0: Yeah. Don't yeah,
2: love I th- that. But um true Drew, Drew Hellison is not six <laughs> five. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. But Sean Barron's and Sean Barron's had a really good year. Yep. And there's the a year. little hype on him. So uh I think that um it's funny because Will Butcher might be like his best comparable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, like his best comp right now.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, so I I mean I, I fully agree with yeah. that. That if someone's saying, well, we like your defensive prospects, I think you start there knowing that you may have to, you know, go go a little bit more on on picks or give them, you know, cool, take Sean Barons and then another mid-level prospect that you like, um, instead of you know, a Hellison or, or uh, a Justin Barron.
2: Oh, I would say Hellison is a mid-level prospect. Oh, really? I think he's getting, I think he's overvalued in Colorado because of his style. Right. <sighs> just because for what the NBA right, is. like you're ta- you're like, okay, well, how can they avoid signing Jack Johnson next year? Develop Drew Hellison to do the yeah. exact same stuff, right? Right, like, right, right. That's and and but you look at him as like, okay, how good of an it's... NHLer is he going to be? Um, and this is nothing against Hellison, I just think that it's, it's... not the same conversation it's as not. Justin
3: Barron because with Drew Hellison, if the Evs get a third pairing defensive D out of them, they're slam dunking that, they're super happy with that.
2: Yeah, and if they get if they get you know a borderline like four or five guy. Like, if they get Ryan Graves out of Drew Hellison, right, that's, right. they that's insane, are thrilled, yeah. <laughs> right? Like, they are thrilled. But Justin Barron is legitimately a guy that, like, when Devon Taves' contract yeah, is up, that's exactly you're kind that of that like, like, well, maybe. maybe we don't give him $9 million when he's 32 because Justin Barron is here and he's kind of taking that job.
1: Right. Well, and, and I also think that, I mean, there's the very well-documented story that Nathan McKinnon was essentially the one that made that pick uh, where, you know, what, <laughs> what?
3: AJ hates this story. I, Cause it's I, not I, true.
2: It, yeah. I, How is, drives, what do you mean? It's it, not true. It, it just drives me crazy. The idea that like McKinnon like drove, you don't think bus he's bus got input. Whatever. I mean, I think he was like, I like this guy, this dude, this, yeah. this dude, that, but it was like the conversations that I'd had with, with people like, nothing changed
0: <laughs> like uh, I don't it doesn't, I, it doesn't I, I, in any way hurt
2: obviously, but, no, but
1: where I was going it, with that was yeah. anyway, you've got someone a, who's a big problem. advocate for that player um, who, who works out in the offseason <laughs> with that player um, and who obviously wants him here, regardless of how much you believe the story or not that, you know, he wants, he wanted Justin Barron to be part of the organization to some extent Um And so I'd imagine that internally, yeah, you probably want to hold on to that guy a little bit more. What?
2: Blaze, we were talking about the thing we were talking about before. Blaze says, it looks like Kale's taking a piss on the star.
0: (laughs) Is
1: that what you were laughing at earlier? Um. Oh, my God. Yes.
2: (laughs) Thresh an apple. P.S. That Mountain Dew flavor rules. <laughs> it's actually so good. I did not think it was going to be any good. It ended up awesome.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Ali, uh, Ali's just uh, clicking uh, things in the background. Yeah,
1: i was gonna right say. Now. She's just going Mar- Marissa's
2: on. learning how to produce shows, and Ali's like, "Let's just push buttons." I like. To, I like to disrupt a little. You guys are already going <laughs> off topic. I was like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna add a little spice, oh. a little flair." I love <laughs> Thrashing
3: Apple. It's so good. <laughs> But so I think realistically, you can have your conversation about Justin Barron or Drew Hellison. But after that, everything should pretty much be on the table. Bowers, uh, Cout, even Ranta, I think should definitely be an option that that the Evs are looking at moving if it's for the right price, of course. Yeah. I mean,
2: are there, where are there some of those like mid? I'm curious where you guys feel about which are the mid level or like the not like, like we're talking like Barrison and Olson like you really don't want to do it right like you're really like I would have to be bowled over by like we <laughs> we're staring down the barrel of like we'd have to be pretty sure that we're going to lose this guy to a direct competitor yeah uh, in order in order to make this kind of move yeah i'm curious which of the guys beyond that i think Drew Hellison's a great example a guy that you really don't want to deal that would make you uncomfortable. Like it would be a cut that you're just
3: like, it's Hellison and foodie that are right in that range for me.
2: Okay. I mean, I have Ranta in there because at this point he's so close that dealing Ranta would just be like, come on.
1: Yeah. See, I think, I think for me, it's Justin Baron is in that first kind of tier where it's like, you really, you really don't want to do that pretty much no matter what won't use the word untouchable but it's not
2: right. far yeah. from it
1: right 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 um and then yeah in that next tier for me um it's Ranta Hellison um and then and then Alauson are probably the ones where it's like we'd like to hold on to these guys but at the right price if if we feel like it makes us that much substantially better um you're fine with it. Then past that, I I think you get into that point where you feel so differently about them because they're abs, not you, the proverbial you, because they're abs prospects and we've watched them. We've seen how far they've come and stuff. But if you're being realistic with where a lot of that guys will, a lot of those guys will likely fall.
3: I mean, I think you get past that range and a lot of those guys just don't really have that much value either. Right? right. Like you're not adding it. That's like a throw in on, you're already giving them right. a second and it's like, they're,
1: they're guys that you can sell, have enough upside that, that they could, I mean, Adre Greer is a semi-regular in, in New Jersey right now. Um, I think mean, he's like a taxi squad guy. So like guys like that, where it's like, yeah, you can plug them in if you want. Um, the other place yeah, everybody where I think, has
2: guys like that though.
1: The other area where I think you might be able to see um, some of these guys maybe have a little bit more value is if you are getting third teams involved. I mean, my mind goes to Seattle, you know, they need organizational depth in the same way that Vegas did for those first couple of years years. Um, and, and, you know, if they're, you're getting them to take on salary. Maybe you, you drop them a, mid-level well, prospect.
3: I I think with a team Ooh. like Seattle, but and that, those, those are the teams that you'd see like, hey, we can give you Martin Kaut, and he can play in your lineup yep. tomorrow. Tomorrow, 100%. That kind of a move. Yeah, Kaut and Bowers, I think that's where
2: Kaut and Bowers have their strongest selling point, is that, hey, we like these guys. We've just been a little bit too deep at times over the last couple of years to work them into the lineup consistently. But look at their AHL careers. They've been good AHL players, uh, Shane Bowers has actually been really good this year um, and it didn't, he shouldn't be there but whatever where, where <laughs> does
1: Maltsev fall for you guys yeah I
2: mean I think Maltsev is a guy they the abs like and they still want to mm-hmm. see what's up and with them still having uh, he's still in. he's an RFA after this because uh, I think he's in the last year of his ELC so he's still pretty young uh, mm. so I, I think I think Maltsev is a, like look if it if Maltev pushes you across the finish line for Claude Giroux, Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but right now we're seeing like, can Maltev take Darren Helm's job? Because if the answer right. if the answer is a legitimate yes, then you're like, okay, well, this is a guy that we think helps us. Yeah, we yeah. don't we don't want to have to take away a comfort and Maltev, right? You know, um, so that's uh, I I think that's where uh, Maltev is. Like, so he almost kind
1: of falls into that Justin Barron like, tier where it's like...
2: If they ask about it, you're kind of like, what do you why? know? <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Like, it would be such an odd ask, I think, for another team. Uh, but you're you're also not going to be like, we're not having that conversation. About
1: yeah, you're it. not going like, to scoff at it. Um, come on.
2: If you haven't seen the difference between Maltsev and Helm, I don't know what to tell you, fam. Uh, it's been better. It's not like
3: light years better. But Notice how the Avs PK has stopped giving up goals? Yeah,
2: just by removing Helm. It's not even yeah. that Maltev is on yeah, the right. unit. Just Helm isn't right, right. anchoring it anymore. <laughs> Besides, Maltev has become a
3: world class sit in the box because your team got called for too many men on the ice again, <laughs> guy. Look, some teams are allowed to play with six skaters and some aren't. All right, that's just the rules.
2: Yep. Yeah. <laughs> And in overtime, sometimes three is too many. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
3: okay. Well, we can get back to this conversation, but we are brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. They are still running their 56 to 1 odds deal for the NFL playoffs with the two championship, conference championship games coming up. Pick the team to win on a new account with code DNVR. Bet five bucks. Win $280 in free bets if you pick the right team. Are y'all crazy enough to pick the Bengals,
1: dude? I, I, after this last weekend of games, like I, I don't even know. I, I don't even know anymore. <laughs> What's like? Uh, no,
3: I mean, I know I no one's gonna like betting for the Chiefs in this in this chat, so.
2: I I mean, I don't, I don't, I'm not hugely surprised at where things ended up. I mean, I,
3: it's just how they got there was nonsense. That's the thing that,
2: that was like, cause I was like, there's no way I'm picking a California team in green Bay. Right. And then green Bay played like the one game that they physically couldn't to throw that. Yep. So it was just like,
1: well, and and my whole thing, I think we were all at, at the bar last week when I was talking to one of our Broncos guys and I was like, How can you pick against Tom Brady at this point? And then he, you know, the Buccaneers get way down, and it's like, ah, well, he finally didn't have it in him.
3: And then Tom Brady things happen.
1: Right. It's so funny that Tom Brady gives credit for wild shit happening when he's not even on
2: the field, but it's just like Tom Brady magic, baby.
1: (laughs) Well, it's it's just like, it's, it's. It's happened with him on the roster like so, so many different man. times, and it's like it's it's
2: a I'm not even <laughs> kidding. It's Tom Brady magic. It's right. fucking crazy.
1: Like they they turn that ball over and then they snap one over without you know with Drew Stafford or uh, yeah, not even paying attention. Mm-hmm. Matt Stafford, Matt Stafford, Stafford. Matt Stafford Drew, Drew not Stafford, not even paying attention. Drew
2: Stafford's <laughs> been out of the league a long time. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Matt Stafford and you know Peyton Manning flashbacks and all this stuff from Super Bowl whatever that was forty eight. And it's like, yeah, yeah. So Tom Brady didn't even get to take his helmet all the way off and something crazy happened and he gets to go back onto the (laughs) field. Like that wildly
2: benefits him. Yeah, (laughs) it was was so funny, man. And,
1: And then and then you think like, oh, there it is. He's, you know, he pulled it off again. And then LA wins in a walk with a walk off kick, and it's like
3: holy shit! They decided like, just... not to cover Cooper Cup for some reason. You're <laughs> talking, you're talking
2: like a guy who came this close to breaking every major receiving record in one year, and they were like, "Let's
1: put them one-on-one him one on one in man coverage.
2: It'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. Like well, no and, big deal. They won't.
1: They don't have the balls
2: to do that, right?"
1: And the Buffalo game is like heartbreaking as that was for the Bills, but it's like they gouged you on two plays in ten seconds. All to get had had off field and get to overtime.
3: Not shit your pants on a bubble screen and you dude, win this right. game. Like...
2: <laughs> it was just you know, you know what's what sucks is that like obviously as like a, a lifelong Broncos fan, like I can't stand the Chiefs. Yeah. But I love Patrick Mahomes.
0: <laughs> oh, do you think so? I think
2: everybody in his orbit sucks. But <laughs> right, Patrick Patrick Mahomes rules and watching him like just and like, the game ends and his team is celebrating and he sprints down the field and finds Josh Allen to, like, hug yeah. it out. I was like, can I just hate you properly? <laughs> yeah. Just yeah. Stop being so likable, you dick. All well, right. Well, and, like,
1: he's likable and he's just good as hell. Yeah. Like, the stuff he does is.
3: Yeah. Like, I mean, it's just like, dude, the guy's a special talent. That so. Is... Look. If you want to go bet on the Chiefs at DraftKings, we won't tell anybody. Go get your $280 in free bets when you use code DNBR to sign up for a new account. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Other terms, restrictions, and conditions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Of course, if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. And then... Go head on over to the Ball Corporation when you need a little bit more money to put into DraftKings or otherwise. They are hiring right now for their product technician role. They pay $27.39, starting with opportunities for raises every six months. You can text GOLDEN to 77222 or go to jobs.ball.com and search for GOLDEN to get your application today. Ball is dope. They give great benefits like PTO, insurance. They will uh, help you take classes if you have holes in your resume to get those things filled out. So they got you pretty much covered. Check out the Ball Corporation today. Again, jobs.ball.com to see what's available at their golden plant. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. You guys want to finish up this conversation about prospects, or are you ready to dive into the? Studio? I
2: think I think we're pretty good on. Uh, yeah. I think I think we all kind of sit in the same room when it comes to the prospects. Like yeah. I will tell you, I did not think I was going to be this defensive about the idea of moving Oscar Lawson a year in. <laughs> Where I'm like, I don't know, I don't want to do it. I don't want right. to do it. Like a year when they made the pick, I was like, "Ooh, that'll be good I trade bait."
3: I was. Yeah. Lawson's just so weird because. He was never from all his Euro footage. It was never like, oh my God, that shot. It was like, that shot's good, but it's not insane. And his entire time in North America has just been like, oh, it, he can beat literally any goaltender at any time with that shot. Okay, right. great. <laughs> right. Even, I mean,
1: even NHL goaltenders we saw in preseason, like he played yeah. a couple legitimate NHL goaltenders and yep. smoked them.
3: His one WJC goal was against Askarov. So, <laughs> right. Uh, we do have a couple of super chats we can get to really quickly here. Uh, $5 from Pin King. The rule is to ban AJ for a bad suggestion.
2: Okay, well, I get to be on my show forever then because
3: I only have fire takes. <laughs> <laughs> and two more from PinKing. King. Flurry will never come to the abs. Correct. That is, a, that is a correct take. We don't have to ban you now, PinKing. King. Good job. Uh- yeah.
1: Yeah well i didn't
2: know um i did know i had seen you here adding those little banners throughout your live shows but (laughs) someone was like no banner does this mean the abs are are trading
1: for him (laughs) and i was like no no it's just Allie. i forgot i'm sorry (laughs) abs are
0: not trading for flurry
1: yeah don't worry we'll get the banner back
3: you're safe on that one banner just had the day off i guess uh okay so,
2: yo, the Nuggets guys are making a real push for this newcomer of the year bullshit. Yeah, and let me just say, don't
3: let that happen for Aaron Gordon. All right, Aaron
2: Gordon is dope, but he might be their fourth best player uh, when they're fully healthy. I guess I'm, I'm probably their fourth best player. Uh, Devon Taves is a top five NHL defenseman. And the only reason that he isn't running away with all of this is because Kale McCarr happens to exist. So you guys make sure that you do the prudent thing and you go out and you dominate the Nuggets in this vote. Because if Devon Taves loses this, I'm holding all of you responsible, and there will be a there will be there will be some sort of a punishment.
3: When uh, when Taves wins this at the bar, can we like put up a big projector of AJ's face, just going like?
2: I don't love this idea, but you <laughs> make sure Devon Taves wins.
1: It, we can do that just overlaid uh, on the uh, I'm good with that. That was that we'll was like, the night of Landy. To, like compilation that Dimitri, however you pronounce his last name, did of Devon yeah, Taves last just week. Just knocking just pucks out making, of midair. Yeah. And yeah, and we'll just we'll just overlay that with the AJ thing.
2: I'm good with all of this, but as long as Devon as long as Devon Taves wins. Uh, that's <laughs> yep. all
3: I care about. True. devontae has got to win that one. Let's move on. Hold on. Edwin, don't you dare start this happy birthday for Marissa. <laughs> <second. laughs> no.
0: Stop it's too it late now. It's too late. Oh my god. Everyone uh... wish Marissa
1: a happy birthday. No. <laughs>
0: Just
1: stay out of the way. Turning
3: 18,
0: guys. <laughs> Oh
3: my god. Uh... Alright, so for Marissa's birthday, are we all going to give our, <laughs> our one one target that you'd like to see the Avs go after? Yeah. And AJ's yeah. just going to say Luke Shannon and be done with say, it. Yeah. <laughs> Haven't I done this? <laughs> Alright,
2: go ahead.
1: Um, no. Does anybody else want to start?
2: I'll go if you're not ready. I mean, yeah, go ahead. Jesse and I are just whichever one of us goes first. It's going
3: to say Claude Giroux. Yeah, so well, I,
1: I, was, I wanted to give someone else the opportunity to say it because I've got a couple
3: others. <laughs> I'm picking a flyer, but it's not Claude Giroux and it's really boring. I don't know. It, you could maybe put this on like the same level as Luke Shen, but wait, 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 wait. Hold on. I want to see if I can figure it out. Okay.
2: Because now I'm super curious. I'm, we're waiting.
3: Oh, God, is it Justin Braun? Yep. You son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> look, he's he's the perfect Jack Johnson replacement, dude. Nothing happens when that guy is on the ice. Literally nothing goes on when Justin Braun steps into the ice. There's no offense. There's no defense. The puck just gets put into stasis and nothing happens. And he he's actually, like, when you look at the underlines, he's a significant positive impact the Flyers' horrendous defense. So...
2: I don't feel uh, like I'm that's not... there's such a thing this year. I don't, I don't, I'm just no longer a believer in significant and positive when it comes to anything Flyers related.
1: <laughs> so
2: they're, they're cursed. They're the, the, the chat,
1: the chat in there is maybe is where I thought maybe you were going. Cause it was a name that I thought was interesting just because his salary is so much lower than I thought it was. Keith Yandel, I thought was an interesting name on that Flyers back end at 900K just because why don't you like that
2: because he's bad now
1: i mean again if you're looking for a bottom pairing guy i thought that was i've i thought that was a really interesting name at the price tag that you could slot in ahead of jack johnson well i'm just gonna nod my head if you're just gonna (laughs) shake yours
2: just justin braun i you could sell me on justin braun like like next to uh Jack Johnson is like your third. All pairing, these people are saying
1: like, no, and they don't even know why they're saying that.
2: But Keith, no, Keith, Keith Yandel is washed. It's 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 done. The yeah, only but, reason that he's still my, hanging my about. My point
1: is, you're talking about a third pairing guy. I'm not. I'm again. I'm not saying I want Keith. I'm, this isn't me. Like, but I I, just, I thought that was a name that was interesting because that's the exact type of person that the ABS have added around the deadline. recently.
3: Yandel's a
2: lefty, right? Yep, he's also bad. Once he breaks the Iron Man streak, oh, he can bad. finally get scratched and everybody scratched. can move on. <laughs> he's he's like, like he's had a pretty impressive career and he's a, been a really good offensive play driver for a long time. It's done, man.
1: Not saying it isn't, but it's just this, a name that I think that's
2: is interesting. A, that dude will end up at Edmonton or something. And it'll just be like, holy
1: smokes. <laughs> On a multi-year deal.
2: All right. This comment. This is the so, type
1: of locker room guy. That right. right.
2: Needed. Look at this. He hasn't missed a game yeah. in 14
3: years. Right, Look right. at that heart and dedication. <laughs> Leadership. Comment? Obviously, the Avs should never actually trade for Brendan Lemieux. But I have an extremely deranged reason as to why they should. Oh, here it goes. (laughs) This is going to involve a trade tree, isn't it? So, no, not quite. The Avs have had a player play for them for every single pick 1 through 30. They've never had a player play a single game for them that was picked 31st overall. We know they've had multiple at 32nd, Connor Timmons. Brendan Lemieux was picked 31st overall. So if he plays a game (laughs) for the Avs... The the list of of picks that have played for the Avs goes up by at least two. I would have that to is check
1: maybe that. the most Rudo like hat <laughs> pull I've ever.
2: I remember had. when he told me about this, and I was like, "Shut up!" And then I went through <laughs> and I looked, and I was
3: like, "No, he's right." <laughs> there were some like real stretches to get there, but but it happened. So.
0: <laughs> anyway, uh,
3: Keith Yandel, uh, Justin Braun. And then the one everyone wants in Claude Giroux is that where we're going, AJ? I'll oh,
2: let Jesse take Giroux. No, I'll take I'll take Drew. Yeah, You've you got can, others, you and I'm Giroux. I'm curious what they are. And if it's Joe Pavelski, then we would have just flip flopped one and two anyway. <laughs> um, but no, Claude. Like, look, if you can, I say this with the gigantic caveat that if you can make the money work right. and you're comfortable with the deep cut of price tag, then I love the idea of a Claude Giroux because. I've been there and done that kind of guy who's seen a little bit of everything <laughs> except the Stanley Cup in his life. And he's been around. He does tons of stuff, right? Like he's do you do you do you put him your top power play unit? Do you put him on your second power play unit? Either way, you feel pretty good about it. Right? Like, yeah. it's weird that you know you take Nachushkin off of your power play unit, uh, for Claude Giroux, and you're just like,
0: hmm.
3: that seems good.
2: Yeah, <laughs> that seems like that's got potential, because then your second power play unit has Newhook, Burakovsky, and Giroux on it, right? Or he takes, or he takes like Kadri or Landeskog spot, and then one of those guys is on your like. It's just, it's, it's, it's just a for that. It's a great fit. He's an, he's still got an unbelievable shot, like, I... and then. You throw in that uh, he's right-handed, which the Avs have, like, coveted. You throw in that he can play kind of all over their lineup and kind of mix and match wherever they want him to go. But he also serves as kind of a buoy for the Burakovsky baddies, like like when Burkovsky's not any good. And he's going through that stretch, like kind of like what we're seeing now.
3: I mean, I think he can almost keep players like Burakovsky from having those stretches because, yes, he can shoot the puck, but you look at his career and it's like, this guy's had multiple 60-assist seasons. He's oh, yeah, no, years. I mean, he's a
2: complete yeah. offensive player, but you also look at his defensive impact in his career. He's always been a good defensive player. He's no longer a center, but he still wins a shitload of face-offs. So, next to Kadri, that's probably a little redundant, but when you... You start talking about end of game scenarios
3: it's not Kadri and nobody else <laughs> right it's
2: but also because because he's right-handed it gives you the ability to have one of those guys because right now your top right-handed face-off guy is JT Comfer. and that's bad and Claude Drew's winning 60% of his draws this year and you see that the abs will put if it's on the right side it's a righty if it's on the left side it's a lefty not just the abs and pretty much everybody does this so if you have a face-off at the end of a game that you absolutely have to win 51.8% for JT comfort this year. All right. A career year in the, in the dot for him. So he's doing that. He's doing well in that area. Great. But Claude it's 60 in, in the 60% range. Right. That's, that's a dominant face-off guy. And then you throw him in there with Nazem Kadri as well. And you have two guys that you can win face-offs with in, in an end of game scenario. And yeah. it doesn't matter which side of the ice. Because if you end up on the left, then it's Cadre. If you end up on the right, then you go with Giroux. You don't need him to play down the middle anymore. And he can play through your lineup in different areas. Uh, so it's, and, and the production hasn't fallen off. Like he's 34, but he's still doing his thing. Yep. And that's where, you know, the, Joe Pavelski is going to become part of this too for a lot of the same reasons. Almost. Almost all of the same reasons. Right. The difference is, is that Giroux at the end of the year, th- at 34 years old, can use Joe Pavelski's conver- uh, contract as the ultimate like comparable here. Yeah. And you look at, you look at, hey, would you give Claude Giroux a three-year deal to be kind of like that Joe Pavelski? Like, talking about keeping that guy. Not right. just him being a rental, but finding a way to keep him knowing that you're probably losing Kadri.
3: You keep a Claude Giroux and... Well, and, and then Claude Giroux becomes a flex player for you where you're probably moving New Hook up to 2C, but if it's not super smooth transition, Giroux can play C for you if you need him to. Well, and, well, and, and you and... can
1: almost even kind of do what that top line we'll see do every now and then with Landy and, and McKinnon where it's like, yeah, if New Hook's struggling to adjust, I mean, you could even make those changes multiple times throughout a game. Yep. where Drew is play playing center hands. in these situations. Sure. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which again, we've seen Bednar do on with that top line.
2: Yeah, Billy says face-offs are overrated, and they kind of are in the sense of when you look at a team and you say they're yep. four, they're a 40-7% team or whatever, it's not that big of a deal. There's not a correlation between winning face-offs and winning hockey games, but situationally, they're crucial. Yep. They're huge. And yeah. having having a guy like that you know, having a guy or two like that, because what would you rather do go out and get Luke Glenn Denning, where that's literally all he does, or right. would you rather have Claude Drew where he's going to help you in a lot of different ways? Yeah. He's not yeah. going to be, he's not going to be a center. He hasn't played center in, in really quite a while. He still takes a ton of face-offs because he's insanely good at them, but he has not, he has not been a center for a while now. So move him, move him around. It's fine. He's kind um, of
3: like a super, like the richest, rich person's version of JT Comper.
2: Well, like, yeah,
3: I mean, he's even redheaded for fuck's sake. But... <laughs> yeah, I was going to
1: say. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, AJ, you, you bring up a good point. Um, we've talked about this a bunch of times on the show and stuff about situational face-offs. Yeah. How many times have have we been in press box at the bar or whatever, watching a game and saying, win this draw, win this draw and you win the game, win this draw and you kill the penalty? Yeah. Over the course of an entire game, you know, there's a hundred face-offs. Okay, sure, maybe, yeah, maybe eighty of them are just kind of whatever, but there are going to be some that are very that, that are important that lead directly to things either happening or not happening. And just having another guy that, because now between your two top lines, you have four different guys that you feel pretty damn comfortable with taking a draw. Um, that's power plays. That's late in games. That's uh, when you're looking to generate something. Uh, I I really do. I, obviously, you you know you we're talking about Drew here. I'm gonna give another name, but um, Drew is like you said with the asterisk of making it work from a money standpoint. I don't know if you can find a much better fit for what the Abs um, are looking for in terms of what's gonna be available at this deadline.
3: Yep, and. The interesting part, I think, about the Drew conversation is nothing, nothing is going to really change over the next two months, which
0: mm-hmm.
3: that's why we're so cautious about this conversation today, because we have no idea. But Drew makes their top six better today, and mm-hmm. he'll make it at least this much better two months from now. Right.
1: Yeah, he, he'll that. That's a player that I think will be interesting to see if they if the abs really do want to make a move. um you know, for Giroux, I think you'll need to get another team involved. And I think a couple of those teams we listed earlier, Seattle, Arizona, uh, would happily hold on to a, a mill, mill and a half uh, in exchange for, yes, yeah, a, a pick or a, a prospect or something. Um, so I, I it, it, it'd it be tough. There'd be a lot of legwork to make that one work. Um, but I, I I don't think for a second that Joe Sackick isn't going to look at every single angle on a deal like that. Um if it's possible to get done. I mean
2: so let me let me like it's obviously really easy to be like Claude Giroux, yes.
1: <laughs> right.
2: What's a what's what's a what is a bridge too far in terms of a price?
1: For him? Mm-hmm.
2: you're gonna have to give up a first
1: yeah yeah oh you're,
2: you're for 20, sure. yeah yeah you're
1: 20 yeah i think it's a girl by i think it's a first uh a prospect and a roster player
3: so they're gonna say give well, me a first baron and comfort like uh well they'll probably right. ask for new hook first well, but, but then yeah, you'll yeah. Like, so we'll say no to that yeah you'll, yeah you'll send them
1: pictures of goat dicks <laughs> yeah yeah um I mean, I mean, if you're talking like a, a, you know, a first and then those prospects in that next tier that we were talking about earlier. So I'm just going (laughs) to, uh, that made me lose my focus. (laughs) Um, you know, so, so I'm just going to, you know, for the sake of what we're talking about right now, a first, uh, so if it's Sean if
2: it's, so if it's a first Justin Barron and J T Confer, are you good?
3: I'm good. It would hurt, yeah. but I'm good.
2: Yeah. What if what if they said Drew Hellison and Sampo Ranta instead, instead of instead of their top prospect? Give me two guys off of your next level.
3: I'd do it. Probably still good. Yeah.
1: Okay. Because because y- y- you. And now the other part to this is the conversation that we've had around Darcy Kemper, right? If you do that and you go win a cup, you're like Sampo who? Oh, that's right. That prospect that was with the abs. Um,
2: could have been champo, but instead got (laughs) traded. Right. 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 Back to simple Uh, life.
1: Yeah. No, I, I, (laughs) I think, I think if you're to me, like that's the price point where I think everybody's happy. Um, Philly's getting a, a good return. The abs aren't really having to give up. Um, you know, really anything that you're not immediately upgrading on your, on your roster. Um, and those two prospects, you say we feel like we've got prospects that are in those, that same tier. So we're fine moving on from those because we think this makes us better right now. Um, and like I said, maybe in that situation, you've got to throw in a, a, a mid round pick to a third team to eat some salary um you know i mean beyond them giving up like multiple firsts and
3: yeah so like that's where i'd go next like if you're saying just baron is fine or hellison and ranta is fine would you go olausen and hellison
2: um and a first and anti comfort? yes
3: yes and the money from Compher in a first, yeah. And I'm not sending anything to another team for salary purposes. I mean, right?
1: I, I probably would. We I'd didn't really. We didn't right.
3: really get into the specific details of working out the salary, but yeah, still, I,
1: I, okay. I, I would. I would I'm probably sure. still do that. Okay. He's just. He's just. He's a
2: first line player still. Right. And you're not asking. You're not even asking him to be that. And he's just capable of it.
1: Yeah. I, I just. I think he makes your NHL team. So much better yeah. immediately that they're they're really going back to that that conversation we had last last segment, th- there just aren't many guys that you say, oh, I just don't think that's worth it. Um, because he makes your team that much Showed better.
3: Like New York, so, yeah. Right.
2: Would you guys would you guys give the same price for Joe Pavelski, knowing that those no. guys are going in division?
1: No. And that's that's a big part of it.
3: I would, I think I'd get close, but probably yeah. not quite as much for Pavelski. Right. I, I
1: wouldn't give as much. Um, But yeah, so let me, so I, I, Joe Pavelski is definitely on my list. Um, but the other name that we've talked about and someone was just talking about here, um, you know, we mentioned a couple defensemen earlier, John Klingberg is, is the name for me that uh, I think is going to be real interesting Uh come trade deadline time given depending on what dallas is doing
2: for for me that is entirely about bowen byram if bowen byram is back and he's healthy i'm not messing with john klingberg if he's not i'm messing with john klingberg
1: yeah no absolutely and that's and that's part of what i think is going to be so interesting come trade deadline time um we talk so much about this defense being such an X factor for the abs in terms of matchups and their ability to move puck up pucks up ice. Yeah. Um, and just adding a guy like that, knowing that he wants out of Dallas, his salary is a lot more palatable. Um, and, and again, Dallas wouldn't have an issue moving him to Colorado because they know that he's probably not sticking around here past this season. So you're not sending him in division. Um, And, and yeah, I think you'd get a very motivated uh, UFA pending UFA out of him. And it just, it just, like you said, re it gives you that dynamic back that you've got with Byram right now of just being, you know, so multifaceted on your, on your back end.
2: And Um, as a righty, he kind of just gives you like that natural, like you put him into that, into that top four Mm -hmm. and then you just have the Johnsons.
1: Right. Uh, but that's a name that I do. I think it's going to be interesting to keep an eye on. Um, But that is one that he's on my list right now. But to your point, um,
2: he's going to go to Carolina
1: (laughs) with Byram is like, we've been saying this whole show. Byram is something that will change this significantly between now
3: and the deadline. That's one of the conversations where it's really hard to get into at this point. Right. Right. Like we don't know what's going to happen over the next two months. Um,
1: so again, I, I, these, the, the comments that are like, uh, th- this is where I get really annoyed with this type of conversation around trade deadline time. If you're making moves and you win a championship, nobody cares who you sent and where, yep. if it results in a championship, it doesn't matter. So if you think that moving pieces for a rental from an individual opponent gets you over the hump, if you truly believe that, and it does, You don't care if you have to play against those guys for the next three, four seasons, because you got the cup out of it that you needed. Now, obviously if you do all that and you don't win, well, giving stuff away for pieces that don't work out, that's going to hurt regardless. But with where the abs are at now, there's a lot of fans who have become fans of the abs over the last 10, 15 years. So it's always been about, which, which is amazing, which is great. I love seeing this fan base grow. And, and for so much of that time, it's been about holding on to your assets and, and accumulating picks and, and letting your um, prospects develop and see what you can get and don't give away assets. They are not there anymore. They are in, we are pushing our chips to the middle, trying to win. Um, again, you know, I, I like to use a parallel for another team that's in town. The, the Bronco's, yeah, it sucks that they've sucked for the last few years, but they suck because they gave up so much trying to win a championship that it's taken them a long time to get back to a competitive state that like really, yeah, it's not great if you're a Bronco fan, but you have that championship just a few years ago. That so makes- you can live with a little bit of pain. And that's where I think the abs are is, Hey, if we've got a mortgage, a future, you know, seven, seven, eight years down the road to win a cup. Now they're, they're going to do it. So it's 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 going to be interesting and and at the end of the day if they if they end up going on to win it all no one's going to care what the price was to get
3: there the the fear ultimately is they don't get there and spend the money and then it's the worst of both worlds but if you have those answers then you should be an nhl gm so right right
2: (laughs) uh I just you just can't be afraid of the moment. For Every sure. single year, we are just like, oh, the future, the future, the future. But yeah. you also do have to care about the future, and you have to realize yeah. the Avs the abs have traded a lot of second round picks. Uh, they have they've now traded a first. They've traded um, a prospect that they used a really high pick and four years of development on. Um, you you do care about your farm system because it does. When your roster gets expensive, as the Avs roster has, you do have to get contributions out of guys on well, ELCs and million-dollar deals. You have to. And, and it is a like, necessity.
3: You're in an interesting situation for the Avs right now because if you yes. trade Justin Barron, you say, well, they still have Hellison. Well, they still have Barons on the forward side. If they trade Ranta, well, you still have Olauson. You still have Foodie. You still have a couple of other interesting guys down the line. If they do that this year, And then you go to next year and they're talking about trading Hellison. That's when you start talking about those cupboards are really starting to look empty at that point, but are they there yet? It feels like there's still some stock in the cupboards.
1: Yeah. They, they, they've got enough in terms of prospects. Um, again, they don't have a first or a second this year. I I would be willing to bet that third ends up going at some point for something. Um, so but, but yes, I, I completely agree. They've got enough there right now that with where this organization is at. And the other thing to keep in mind, you make a great point, AJ, about like, you need to keep those players around as your roster starts getting more expensive, but the team is still relatively young. A lot of those guys are locked up long-term. Um, of course, you've got McKinnon coming up. You need to figure out something in that, but you don't have to worry about McCarr. You don't have to worry about Miko. You don't have to worry about Gabe. So you do have a little bit of an idea of what your money situation is um, and and I think you're right Rudo you've got just enough left in in the cupboards in terms of prospects and picks um, that I, I think they can do real well for themselves but to AJ's point you have to you have to focus on the moment but you have to be realistic and, and you need to say we're comfortable moving on from, this many future pieces, but we're not going to go beyond that. And that's where I think Joe Sackick has um, really earned a lot of, um, you know, respect and runway from this market in showing that he knows his limits and he knows when he's not going to go beyond it. And so if he sees something that he truly think makes a team better without sacrificing too much, it's going to be something he's going to explore.
3: I think that's probably a good place to leave it for today. So we're going to get out of here. Thank you, everyone, for hanging out in the chat. We appreciate all of you. We're back Wednesday with the full deal. We got pregame. We got the watch along. We got postgame. So be sure to come hang out with us at that. Like and subscribe on the YouTube channel. If you want to hit the bell to get notified when we go live all the time, you can do that, too. We appreciate all of you. And we will talk to you again tomorrow.